Welcome, everybody, to a Monday edition of Texas All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I am your host, John Harris, football analyst, sideline reporter for your Houston Texans. And we have got a bang-up show. We're going to hear from John McClain a little later. We'll take a, a run around what happened. Well, there's only one other game. Well, actually, take it back. Two other games in the AFC South because one game featured two teams. And one game was, I think, a, one of the more intriguing games of the NFL because, A, the Jaguars are a lot better than people think. Uh, B, did I say one or two? I can't remember. Either way, uh, the other part of it is the Eagles are good. Really, really good. And they played in a rainstorm. And who doesn't like to watch weather on TV? Being there, mm, kind of tough. We went through that all last year with Tennessee and Jacksonville and Buffalo. But when it's a weather game, you want to watch it. You like a little mud. You like a little dirty and grime and all that kind of stuff. So, so it's kind of fun to see players slide all over the field. But we'll talk about the AFC South after a little bit. But... We're going to start off today's show with a visit with our good friend, Andre Ware. And unfortunately, it starts with Mark's, well, his call of Davis's second pass of the game. Because it was... Mills with his second pass attempt throws a pick deep. And the Chargers have excellent field position at the Houston 25. All right, not the way you want to start a football game. This is expert analysis you will not get anywhere else. That is not the way you need to start a football game, particularly. I, I didn't even help you with that. Yes, you came you up with that all And Andre didn't either. Andre Ware joins us now. And Andre, are you proud of me that I came up with that all by myself, that that's not the way you want to start a football game? <laughs> that's, that's spot on, man. Hit the nail on the head there. <laughs> I mean, look, I, I, look, I've learned a few things over the years. And to give the opponent the ball at the 25-yard line, not, and then. Not good. Then you got him in third and fairly long, and you have an offsides penalty. Ugh. That's also something you don't want to do. And then the next play, bam, a bullet. Let's just uh, praise Herbert here because he's really good, and he's playing with the rib cartilage injury. And he looks about. As Dan Marino-ish as I can imagine, but he moves around better. He moves around. Marino moved around better before the Achilles injury. But who does he remind you of, Dre? What do you think of Herbert? I don't know because I don't know of a of a six six quarterback that that I compare him to. I don't know if Dan's quite six six, but I think I don't know if Dan in his best days moves around like Justin Herbert. And yeah, you know, from an arms talent standpoint, that's that I see the comparison there. Dan would throw some howitzers. I mean, he could he could sling it around, but this kid can too. Uh, and as you mentioned, playing with banged up ribs uh, and, and still getting the velocity on the ball that he gets on and the accuracy is is it's actually amazing. Okay, since we're here, and we'll talk about the Texans playing. There's no doubt we got some time, but they're showing some highlights in our studio of Mahomes. Mm-hmm. And I've on the, I'm just watching, and this is the throw that blew my mind the most at the end of the first half, or near the end of the first half. Roy Lopez in his face, and Herbert's fading yeah. left, and we're in cover two, and and Sting jumps on Everett, and he leaves Bandy down the sideline. Oh yeah, his hips are completely all askew. He throws it off his back foot, and he flicks it 35 yards and drops it to Bandy down the sideline. And that sets up that field goal right before the half. So I wonder this. It's not as if the Chargers have been not talented, but Mahomes has Andy Reid. Right. Do you think that, Dre, Herbert would have the same success with the Chiefs that Mahomes had? Or do you think Mahomes is just a step beyond Herbert that the Chiefs get to that level because Mahomes is that guy versus Herbert not quite in that class? Oh, boy, that's a good question. Um, I think he's still just a tad bit 
off in terms of being on the same level with uh, with Mahomes. It's not by much, though. And if you plug him into Kansas City, I actually think he might have, at this stage in the deal, better a better surrounding cast than what Mahomes has in Kansas City because everybody kind of exited the door stage left. I mean, Kelsey's still there, but you know the receivers aren't what they used to be. And I think there were certainly more recognizable names with Mike Williams and and the likes with uh, with the Chargers, Palmer, and and uh, yeah, I'm at a loss for the other kid's name right now. Um, best route runner, Mike Williams. Runner, Mike, uh, Keenan, no, Allen. Keenan, Keenan Allen. Allen. And he's not even playing yet. And then you got two solid running backs behind him. Uh, I, so I think the supporting cast around him right now in San Diego, um, excuse wow. me, in L.A., is, is a oh. little bit better than Mahomes. But Mahomes still may be a, a – from an arm talent standpoint, throwing off, off – uh, off platform, sidearm at times. He can do it, and we saw it yesterday. But I think Mahomes is just a tad bit in front of him. All right, I got scoreboard over you guys because, uh, Dre, you just called him yep. San Diego. Johnny did, did during the, the broadcast open, yesterday, uh, although Dre got to the entire yesterday. broadcast. Yeah, all yeah. day, the entire broadcast, I just said Chargers. Chargers. It was embedded in me. I'm yep. not saying the first part of the, the city name. So I get yeah. some credit for not doing no, it on the, the air yesterday. You know, yeah. the, the shows don't really count. Fine. So, Johnny, you're fine. And I got to say this. I said L.A. a lot yesterday. You know, you said on the L.A. 24. I said that kind of stuff a lot, and I felt a little dirty. <laughs> I did. I did. Yep. I feel bad for San Diego. I'm thinking, oh, sorry, San Diego. Every time gonna... you guys would say Chargers, though, I would in my head go, San Diego, Super Chargers. I would do that every oh, time yeah. I heard Chargers. So San Diego would get caught in my head at that point. Oh, yeah. No Ooh. doubt about that. But uh, I don't know where they're going because they're two and two right now, and they have yet to rush for a hundred yards. And by the way, um, since you brought it up, Johnny, I, I cannot help but uh, but play this. There it is. There you go. Yeah. All right, that's enough. I of don't that. know how Jeez. that did go platinum, man. No, well, that's just a shame. If you listen, to, I'm sure it that's sounded great in the building back in the day at old Jack Murphy Stadium. But when Jack you hear Murphy. it like on YouTube, it doesn't have the same impact. All right, Dre, let's get to Mills here because he did throw that early pick. There was some pressure, but whatever. He threw a pick, throws a pick on the final play. Uh, it goes 20 of 32. Two, oh, I'm, I'm reading last week's. I'm reading last week's stats. What was he yesterday? He throws two touchdowns. He was... 246, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Yep, there it is. So you have the two interceptions, and look, you can't explain away the interceptions. They're there. They're a factor. Uh, you saw some better things yesterday. Deep ball to Nico, touchdown pass to Cooks. Uh, there were also some passes he wanted back. What did you think of the performance? Yeah, I mean, it was it was kind of like it was a Davis Mills performance. There's some ups and some downs and some some good things and some bad things that have you scratching your head, but that's kind of how he's played. He has yet to really hit a stride like he hit last at the end of last season where every game he got, eventually he got a little bit better. Uh, I don't know if it's uh, a scheme change. I don't know what, what's going on that won't allow him to play with the consistency over four quarters that in which he played in uh, or played with last year. So it, it's still some ironing out. I think there's still some things up front where he's getting some pressure and he's just got to step, stay in there and, and, uh, and throw the ball accurately. But the first interception, he, he really couldn't step into the throw. He had pressure immediately and, uh, and that caused it to sail high and, and right into the, the, uh, the, the two and the four of Adderley's Jersey. Okay. We've been talking about finish, right? 
Yeah. Finish. They finally got 10 points in the fourth quarter the other day, yesterday, which was, which was great. But to me, it's the start, Dre. It's the start. Mm. Three and out against the Colts to start that game. Three and out yep. against the Broncos to start that game. Three and out, I believe, against the Bears to start that game. Interception on third down to start this game. And then not doing much through the first quarter. And then finding something in the second quarter to kind of get going. This is really the first game where they've taken that offensive performance on into the second half all the way through the second half. What's the key, Dre, in your mind to getting this team off to a better start? And I know the finish is there, but what's the key to getting a better start than what they've had? Well, it might be just getting a handle on what the what the, the opposing team is trying to do to you defensively. Because, I mean, you, you have a script. You go into a game. Usually if, you're, you, if the script runs true to form, uh, you have a successful first drive or you're at least threatening to score, whether it's a field goal or a touchdown. Now, if it doesn't and uh, things go awry, you, you obviously have what you had yesterday. Uh, I also think later in the game, uh, the Chargers, the L.A. Chargers, have basically shut it down. They're up 27 to 7. You, you, you're feeling pretty good about yourself. Now it's, let's just run out the clock and get out of here. And they dipped a little bit in, in terms of their intensity level. And then all of a sudden, mm-hmm. here come the Texans. Because they're a pro football team. They're going to move it if you're not playing your, your best. And they started moving it and had some consistency in doing so. But uh, And then it, once, you, once you allow yourself to go there as a team, if you're the Chargers, it's hard to ramp it up again. And all of a mm-hmm. sudden, you get hit by a wave. And here comes, you know, here come three touchdowns out of nowhere, basically, or two touchdowns out of nowhere. But it's this that's the way they have to play from start to finish and we have yet to see a complete game out of this team all right so trevor lawrence and the jaguars coming up next here we go part three of trevor lawrence versus the texans Mm -hmm. and the jags are two and two dre four fumbles and a pick by lawrence on a rain-soaked afternoon in philadelphia yesterday and here we go to jacksonville what are your thoughts on the matchup and facing him in particular well, they're they're playing some pretty good football. I mean, in the last few weeks, they've scored some points, 38 the week before, 21 last week. And that's a road game against a team that a lot of people feel, and myself included, could be a Super Bowl team, potentially end up in the Super Bowl playing against Buffalo. Uh, but Trevor Lawrence, under 50% yesterday, playing against a tough defense. Uh, he, he can have he's, – he's kind of played some up and down. He's had up and down moments himself but they they've uh they've added some players around him christian kirk agnew arnold at receiver they've got etienne back in the fold this year along with robinson it's a good one-two punch on the ground in the ground game for them and then they're playing well on defense they're getting after you a little bit it's always been a team that's been that's had some talent i think now what they've added is some leadership to go along with the schemes that doug peterson and his staff have, have implemented and it makes them a tough out from week to week you're going into their place it won't be easy uh they're looking to get right again after obviously a loss yesterday and now they sit at two and two uh it'll be a tough football game it always is when we go there for some reason trey what do you make of the colts they tie us they get spanked in duval county then they beat the chiefs yep but then they lose at home to the titans I mean, I mentioned this earlier, Dre, I had a buddy from Jacksonville who was describing the next few games for Jacksonville. It was, we are the pesky Texans, and they are the weird Colts. And I, I can't disagree. What do, what do we make of the Colts at 1-2-1? One, one? 
I honestly think analytics are going to be the demise of the Colts because that's how they, they coach things offensively, obviously. And, and uh, I think at times, sometimes you just have to be a, a, a football guy and, and go with your gut. And the gut, it, you know, something, most times we look back and, boy, I should have followed my, my gut. We say that a, a bunch. I think they're saying that a lot in Indianapolis. And I don't think Frank Wright really cares what anybody's thinking at, at this point. But at some point, he's going to have to put together a consistent performance uh, in terms of putting wins together and getting that team in the playoffs and, and, and playing better football. They've got way too much talent to underachieve the way they, they have been. Uh, obviously, Tennessee's still a tough out for a lot of people, but uh, you can't, you just can't give games away at home or lose games or get as far behind as they did in that game that starts to mount a comeback. Um, it, it's just, you, you can't do it. But I, I, I think he leans on the analytics a little bit too much, and it's, it's going to be the death of that team this year. Dre, Damian Pierce, what does he mean to the team, not just the production, but the personality plus the production plus just the X factor of it all. You played on a team that had maybe, maybe, well, certainly one of the greatest, if not the greatest running back ever in Barry Sanders. Oh, he was the greatest. He was the greatest. Uh, okay. He was the greatest. <laughs> so <laughs> folks, we're not going to open up the phone lines for that debate right now, but I like that. Uh, but, and I'm not putting Pierce in that class. Don't get me wrong here, but he's a really good young talent here. What can he mean to the team moving forward? Well, I think he showed another, uh, two categories of his game yesterday that I don't know that any of us gave him credit for. He's got breakaway speed when he hit the home run at, for 75 yards. And then he stoned a blitzer to allow Davis Mills to complete one down the field. Without that block, uh, Davis Mills may not be upright this morning. So, you know, he sent, sent a bunch of thank yous to Damian Pierce after after him picking up uh, the blitz yesterday. But those are two aspects that, that I think fans got to see yesterday. They saw a complete back, one that this team has been looking for for quite some time. And, and he did all that work with just 14 carries yesterday. 14 carries, 131 yards. Still yet to, to really get him over the 20-carry threshold to see if he can carry it and you really lean on him uh, for an entire football game and to close one out uh, and, and still secure the football because he's had some problems there uh, the, the last few weeks, so to speak, in, in terms of putting the ball on the ground a little bit. And I just – I kind of equate that to he just runs hard every single down, which is hard to get guys to do. Uh, quite mm -hmm. honestly, in this league, I know fans are shaking their head like, what do you mean it's hard to do? Guys just don't run hard like that every single down. And and it's been a blessing to see it. I got a chance, actually, you talk about the person as well. I got a chance to listen to him uh, with Clinton Sean yesterday on my way home. And uh, I couldn't have been more impressed with the individual. Forget about the player, but the individual and how he handled uh, going over 100 yards for the first time, the breakaway run. He was more disappointed in the loss than he was excited about what what his performance uh, was. So uh, just don't change. Stay and be the same individual. And I uh, loved the interview and, and, and just really, really uh, came away from, from it with, with glowing reviews, if that is even a thing at this point. When Rex scored his touchdown, yeah, of course, that made it 20, uh, 27-14, 24-17. No, 27-14 at that point. Yeah. And so there was like, okay, we still got a hill to climb. So not everybody was celebrating a whole bunch, but Rex caught the touchdown, and he started coming back to the huddle, and all the linemen were going to get ready for the extra point. One guy went out there and celebrated with Rex. 
Pierce. Came off the sideline, went all the way to the other side of the field, and was the one guy celebrating with Rex. That's awesome. It was Damian Pierce. Yeah, and I, yeah. I, I, we talked to Rex about that. You know, the, we asked him, you know, when Pierce scored, you were out there for him, and they have a really interesting and pretty cool relationship. I kind of like to see that. All right, put your coach's hat on. You ready? Both of you. Let's Here go. we go. Let's go. Oh, boy. Tie, tie ball game, 20 to 20. Mm-hmm. Four minutes or We've so. We've seen this. Four <laughs> minutes or so left. Yeah. Fourth down. Mm-hmm. You're facing the Buffalo Bills. You have Lamar Jackson at quarterback. Right. And it's a tie ball game. What do you do? Dre, we'll start with Wait, you. What's the distance? Fourth and what? It, it's fourth and goal to two. Fourth and goal to two. Just just the shade outside the two. Yeah. Dre, what do you do? I.e., did John Harbaugh do the right thing in going for it against the Buffalo Bills and not kicking the field goal at that spot? Well, the way their defense had played <clears throat> for the majority of the game, I think you send a message that, you know, we believe in you and, and it, it, it has lasting effects. If you go ahead and kick the field goal there, I'm going to kick the field goal, take the points and kick the ball out of the end zone, put it at the 25 and, and hey, go do what you got to do. If <clears throat> if you score, then we've got time maybe to uh, to go down and get put another possession together and another scoring drive. I just I know the analytics say go for it on fourth and two, and that's at that stage of the game are always uh, at uh, on fourth and two. But sometimes you have to just use your gut and you have to believe in your football team, and that that's not on some computer sheet that uh, that somebody's put together. Because what works for somebody else might hmm. not actually work for your football team. But right. the analytics Harbaugh- say go for it, but your football team may not be equipped to handle that. Now with Lamar, that's a different deal. So that yep. that right. scatters it a whole bunch and clouds it up because of his talents. But I still I'm going to kick the field goal and play defense there, and that's well, coming from me. It was almost worst case scenario though because he threw a pick, right? Right, so, he threw a pick, right. so you didn't get the ball to two. Yeah, got it at the twenty. Happened. Right, right. You don't. I mean, yeah. the worst would be like pick six, but right. Right. but to me, yeah, you couldn't throw a pick right there. If you're not going to make it, you're not going to make it. But put him at the two. And to your point, Dre, hey, your defense playing well. It's a tie game. Maybe you get the ball back. You go to overtime. Whatever. So that's how I feel about that. I got Lamar Jackson. I got to take my chances. So here's the thing. When, you have a, when you're down by three, and, Dre, you play quarterback, you, you kind of have an idea about this, but I think there's a different mindset in a quarterback when you're down four or you're down three. Because if you're down three, do you get a little tighter as a quarterback knowing, hey, look, I can't, I can't mess this throw up because we've got three in the pocket to put us in overtime, and I right. can't blow that. Versus you're yep. down four and you got to rip this and get it in the end zone because a field goal isn't going to save you. So yeah, I might I might make this throw. They were only going to be down three, so I wonder how the Bills would have approached it. But then they took the ball, went down, and kicked the game-winning field goal. I don't know that I have a horrible issue with going for it at that point, especially two yards out. It's a Dre's point. I got Lamar Jackson. I would have put Lamar with his own read out on the edge and let him dive for the end zone at that point if I'm going to do it, not throw it like he was going to throw it. Well, there's hindsight, too. There is. So, so there's that. Dre, uh, what do you have in the college game this weekend? Yeah, I'm going up to Memphis. I've got Memphis and I've got the Cougs um, this weekend. Ooh. So it, that that should be interesting. Coming off a loss to Tulane to see if they can ramp things up. Memphis, meanwhile, I think they've moved to 4-1 and one on the season and uh, playing some pretty good football. So we'll uh, we'll see what uh, what we got when we get there Friday night. So, Dre, when you get there and you're going to a place like Memphis and, you know, Memphis has got some barbecue, do you go out and you try and get – Rendezvous. Rendezvous is where I'm headed. That's (laughs) the name of the the barbecue place. I already know, my man. 
Wait, it, what's the style? Is it more like the pulled pork kind of southern stuff, or is it uh, akin to Texas barbecue? What, what do you it's think? It's akin to Texas barbecue a little bit, but you know, at at some stage, it's just kind of barbecue, and it's just yeah. good. And I just need the <laughs> meat falling off the rib when I sit down yeah. and to eat it. So that that's what I'm looking for. A uh, couple of college notes here. Weird weekend. Not that I'm thinking about it, but interesting that all these top-rated quarterbacks had interesting issues over the weekend, mm. right? As yeah. you saw, uh, uh, obviously, Bryce Young going down. AC joint separation. Yeah. Uh, Levis in Mississippi. Uh, he had a finger that pointed northeast. He did, and then he had turnover issues late in the game, mm-hmm. which was tough for them. Mm-hmm. And, Dre, how about your guy, Penix? Slow start for them, but he starts to light it up against UCLA as the game goes on. Yeah, I think he ended up with four touchdown passes. He did throw two picks, and he only had one coming in uh, to that game. The arm talent is off the chart. I mean, it is amazing. And he actually pulled it down a couple of times and uh, still has some wheels after two ACLs, I think, on his right knee. So he's still got mobility. He's got arguably the best arm talent I've seen of the guys that are draft eligible uh, this coming season or this coming draft. What did you think of DTR, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, Dre? Oh, man. He he, he kind of took the game. He took it personal that Penix was getting all this love. Penix was leading the country in passing, uh, in passing touchdowns, in passing yards as well. And you could see it on his face. He was stone-faced the entire game. It was bottled up, waiting to come out. And after they won the football game, he let it loose. But he was the best quarterback that night on that field. Uh, in the way he led his team and the way he stayed in the moment from play to play. It was impressive. Very, very impressive. Paul Christ of Wisconsin, thoughts? Tough, tough for Paul. I know what what, what Wisconsin means to him, uh, and uh, that's that's obviously tough anytime you get fired, but uh, he'll bounce back. He's He's been a good coach for a long time. Uh, he'll, he'll, he'll get back in the saddle somewhere. It's interesting. Wisconsin is not exactly Ohio State, right? Correct. Are they are, to use one of your expressions, Dre? Are they grading their paper a little too high? <laughs> and are they in danger of becoming not becoming Nebraska? But hey, nobody ever thought what happened to Nebraska would happen to Nebraska. I'm not saying it's going to happen to Wisconsin, but do we have to remember who we are here in Wisconsin? Well, you know how I feel about Nebraska. I don't think that's a fix ever. Uh, I think it's where it is, and it's going to stay there. I think kids nowadays want to go to warm climate uh, campuses and, and, and play out there four to four, five to play four or whatever it is, to three and gone. Uh, but I don't think Wisconsin is the destination it once was, and, and they're going to struggle for a while. And, and we'll see how, see how it bears out over the next couple of years. But that, that's going to be a tough place to win games just because of uh, kids wanting to go to warmer climates. So, Dre, Nebraska, Colorado, Wisconsin, Arizona State, Georgia Tech. Those are the five I know of off the top of my head. I think those are the five. Which yeah. one is the best job, in your opinion? Colorado, Nebraska, Wisconsin, Georgia Tech, and Arizona State. Which is, I know which one it is for me, I, I but which if, one it is for you. I think you. if Arizona State shows uh, a willingness by the administration to that football is important, that that's the destination. Um and that's that's where that's the job I would take over the others because you have what I described the warm climate. It's a great mm-hmm. school to recruit to, um, and it's you know you, you see if if the Pac-12 is going to do. I think that falls in there as well. 
when you look at the future of what conference they're going to play in, uh, that would cause you to maybe maybe make a different decision um, if you're going to take a job of those five schools. Which conference will they be in at that point? I was born in Wisconsin. I appreciate the Big Ten. Georgia Tech would be a great place down in Atlanta. But there's one job that I have always wanted, and that would have been Arizona State. Without question, I don't care. They're Pac-12, Big 12. I don't care. If you can't recruit to Arizona State, you got issues. And so I could be able to recruit and then I could coach. Man, it turned Arizona State into a juggernaut. Ain't it right, Suds? I know you're listening, pal. All right, we get back. Let's catch up with our good pal John McClain right here at Texans All Access. All Access. All Access. All Access. Hey, we got a lot of great fans out there today, but I got to give some props to today's biggest fan. That's Dykin. D-A-I-K-I-N. That's Dykin. These guys are doing big things in Houston. As the world's number one indoor comfort provider, Dykin is committed to perfecting the air that connects us all. From comfort and convenience to air quality, Dykin's innovations are changing how people enjoy the indoors as they lead the way to a more sustainable future, reducing our carbon emissions to net zero by 2050. Learn more at DykinLovesHouston.com. That's Dykin, D-A-I-K-I-N, LovesHouston.com. Welcome back. This Monday edition of Texans All Access, and it's time for the general. Monday with McLean. Yeah, that's pretty good. I like that alliteration. And we started off by asking him about this offense for the Texans putting up some points. They get some points on the board, finally scoring in the fourth quarter, but they still come up short. Your thoughts on what you saw yesterday? It's amazing the way they started, and they were down 27-7 at halftime, and I'm thinking, well, the Chargers are going to put 50 on them, and then they scored those three times in a row. It's amazing how this team continues to make just enough mistakes to lose instead of plays to win. And sometimes mm-hmm. that's young guys. I'd like to know who left Austin Eckler wide open two different times uh, on those plays. He didn't have a touchdown coming in. He had three in that game. He had 20 last year, eight as a receiver. And I thought when they went for it on fourth down in their territory, if the Texans stopped them, and I know you guys thought this too, they had a chance to win that game. And after the, the um, having first down at the 16-yard line and going backward and having to kick a field goal, it just – I know it drives the coaches and the players crazy. And I don't know if it's what happens when you're a bad team or what happens when you're a young team, but they they just – make enough mistakes to lose and at some point you think they're going to make a big play to win and then that could help turn these close losses into victories general one of the players that mark and i've kind of touched on but we haven't really talked about and he ends up the numbers outside of the interceptions and he got one late davis mills 26 35 246 two touchdowns he goes deep to nico he hits Brandon for a great touchdown. He has the one to Rex Burkhead where Rex is wide open. We kind of talked about it during the break, too. What are your thoughts on Davis Mills and what you saw yesterday? That first series, I thought, well, he's going to play at home like he's been playing on the road. And then he bounced back, and he had a couple of really bad passes. One of them, Nico Collins, was open. He could have been 8-4, not gotten to it. And I wondered if his thumb was bothering him. He said it didn't bother him last week, but, you know, players are always going to say that. And then he and he threw some great passes, and 
Um, he still is not showing the consistency from start to finish that he showed at the end of last season for whatever reason. And he got some good pass protection. It seems like if you go back over the sacks, the sacks come at the worst possible time. They don't come on a first down pass. They don't necessarily come on third down. They come when the Texans, you know, need, don't, they need them the least. Like when they were on the 16 yard line and went backward. And, um, Mm. He, I thought that the protection, he's had good pockets. And, uh, you know, I felt that last interception, that he was just throwing that up for grabs. You can't count that against him. That fourth and one play was a disaster, of course. But uh, I thought he looked better. Now he's going to Jacksonville. And, you know, they've beaten Jacksonville eight consecutive games going back to 2017. And Jacksonville's six-and-a-half-point favorite. And I think that's what – they were favored in the first game here last year when the Texans beat them like a drum. Well, what do you think of the Jags? Rain-soaked game yesterday. Lawrence with a pick, four fumbles. You had no running game for the Jags compared to what they were doing earlier, just 71 yards on the ground. What do you think of this Sunday's matchup? Um, they uh, started off, weren't they up 14 nothing? Yep, yep. And I looked up and I thought, oh, my God the Jaguars are going to beat the Eagles in Philadelphia. And I thought, I think somebody tweeted from the, somebody from the league or ESPN that a player losing four fumbles the first time it happened in like forever. And he only, you know, they only, he only threw one interception, but my goodness, it's not like the Eagles had great stats. Five turnovers, you're going to lose every time. Yep, probably would. General, the Titans get a win in Indianapolis. That's the third in a row for Indianapolis, is it not? That's three in a row because they swept them last year. That's how they won the division. Yeah. Things have changed. Yeah. But they don't score in the second half. General, what do you you make? I had a buddy of mine from Jacksonville that said, we're the pesky Texans and the Colts are the weird Colts. Um, It does feel like the Colts are weird, but what do you make of the Titans going to Indianapolis and getting a win over the Colts after the Colts just beat the Chiefs and the Chiefs who beat the Buccaneers? First of all, pesky is a great way to describe the Texans because they're pesky. You know, they're pesky and they're kind of like flies that keep buzzing around and you're trying to knock them them away because they keep irritating you. And that's that's what they're doing to opponents. Derrick Henry had his first 100-yard game. Ryan Tannehill didn't have to throw the ball very much, and that's the formula that they like to use. Mike Vrabel's doing a great coaching job, as he usually does. Uh, They're capable of winning any game and capable of losing any game. And that the Colts, I thought the Colts would beat them there. How did the Colts go from beating Mahomes and the Chiefs and losing to Tannehill? They did a great defensive job on Jonathan Taylor. Average two point something yards a carry. Can you imagine that? And that's what happened. And then they took him out of the game. So I think Matt Ryan had to throw the ball all day. But that's their formula. Run it. Don't throw it much. Hit a high percentage and play good defense and special teams. And that's the way they've been winning. And right now, I would have to think they're the best team in the division. And we'll wait and see what happens when they play the Jaguars. General, the Packers and Patriots got together. I bring this up because Bailey Zappi ended up playing quarterback for the Patriots. He's from Victoria originally, 
is it now HCU, not HBU, yep. and then goes to Western Kentucky. And there he is at Lambeau Field. Now, look, I don't root for the Patriots at all, but I kind of like Bailey Zappi. They lose 27-24. Your thoughts on that one or any other game you want to give a take on from yesterday? Well, on that one, you know, I don't know the extent of Brian Hoyer's injury, uh, but when he went out and came back, I mean, my goodness, what a tough environment. He threw a touchdown pass, and they kept that game close. You know, they they, they boy, they did a – considering they were on a third-string quarterback, they did a great job. Now, are they going to have to keep – starting him because Hoyer's out for a while. And I think he played better than Hoyer anyway. And uh, there were there were so many games. The Lions are on the pace to score more points than any team in history. And I think they're on the pace to allow more points than any team in history. And their games have been incredibly exciting. And there was not a more efficient quarterback yesterday than Geno Smith. And that includes Russell Wilson. Geno played a great game. What did they score? 48 points. Looks like Pete Carroll and John Schneider are not so stupid after all. And uh, that was amazing. How many points? It looked like a college. It looked like a college game. And uh, the one in the great game in London, you know, came down to the last second of yep. field goal that was like one inch short from what, 61 yards? And the Brits got a great game that went down to the end, even though the, the, uh, it wasn't a great game overall, but. A lot of very, very exciting games last night. You know, the Buccaneers had a great defense, and then Patrick Mahomes just torched them last night. And I always think he, he, he is, but he wasn't the week before. How does he go to Indianapolis and play like that and lose and then come back against the Buccaneers and Brady? And I think they scored more points in the first half than the Buccaneers had given up all season. And then there's a game that Texans fans should be cheering like crazy. Atlanta Falcons completing seven passes and running 14 consecutive times in the second (laughs) half, beat the Browns 23 to 20. The Browns are two and two. And of course the Texans and their fans want the Browns to lose every game if possible. And then a team we do not like the Cowboys, Three in a row with Cooper Rush, four and zero overall as a starter. That's pretty amazing. They're three and one headed for a showdown against the Eagles. I'm not sure when they play. And then one that just boggled my mind: the Jets, the New York Jets win at I don't even know what the Pittsburgh Stadium called now. The former Heinz Field beat them twenty four to twenty in Zach Wilson's debut. That was pretty amazing. Cowboys at the Rams next week. Then they have the Eagles at home. Of course, the Texans will be there December 11th. Looking forward to that one. But got to get the first win first. General, quick note on the concussion protocol issue. Because of what happened with Tua in the last couple of games he participated in, you mentioned Hoyer. I remember here in 2015, he was concussed at least twice with the Texans on the Monday night game. And what was the other one, Johnny? Was it New England? There was another one um, where yeah. he where he went out. And now he goes out again. And you look, in today's NFL, I don't know what the number is. I don't know how they evaluate these things, but that's got to be a concern for him and his family. Well, I told – I was sitting next to Mark Berman and – who was it that went out for evaluated for concussion Cashman. Uh, yesterday? Cashman. I said, well, he's not coming back. There's not a player in the NFL this weekend 
who's coming back when he leaves for a concussion. Everybody's scared to death about the NFL and these new protocols and what the penalty could be. And I'll bet you there's not one who left to be evaluated came back. Apparently, Justin Reed did. Mm-hmm. So he went out the first half. He did came Justin out in the second Reed half. Did Justin Reed go out and come back? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. I'm surprised. Well, yeah, it's certainly been an interesting uh, last 10 days in the world of the NFL. We're always going to talk about concussions. It's a violent game. It happens. Uh, but what went on with Tua Tungavailoa was just not great and somewhat inexcusable that what happened to him, he should have never been on the field on Thursday night. It should have been handled. It was not. And now the NFL and the NFLPA have got to come together uh, and make sure that is right going forward. But I believe Justin went out of the game in the first half for the Chiefs and then went back in, I believe, in the second half. So that's what I remember from the broadcast. But then it was about midway to late third quarter. I was ca- I was, I was out. I was gassed. <laughs> I, had a, I had all kinds of stuff going on last week. I was talking the entire week at different functions and then did the game Saturday between Sam and Stephen F. And then did our game podcast after that. I mean, just all kinds of stuff. So by the time they got to the third quarter, I'm like, all right, man, I can settle and watch this game. Next thing you know, I, oh, I was out. I was snoring. And I was out. So eh, it happens. But it's the way it goes. All right, we're going to go around the NFL presented by Whataburger. That's next right here in Texas All Access. We got one final segment of this edition of Texans All Access, and we're going to go around the NFL brought to you by Whataburger. And the Texans, Whataburger, and the Houston Food Bank are teaming up to help them take on their toughest opponent ever, Houston Area Hunger. Just donate a dollar the next time you're in an area Whataburger, and that dollar will go to help the Houston Food Bank. And you'll even get a coupon for a free Whataburger with purchase of a 32-ounce drink and medium fry for every buck that you give. So now until October 10th, you got a week, give a buck and be a part of the team that's wiping out hunger in Houston. All right, let's go around the NFL the way that, uh, the way that we do, especially on a Monday. We got to get all the games in, all the scores, everything. So it's like the fastest three or four minutes that you can imagine. So, are we ready to rock? Let's get some music going, because that just gets me hyped. All right, there it is. Let's go to London. Tally-ho! Is that what you say in London? I don't remember. But it was a game that went down to the final seconds. Justin Jefferson went off. Ten receptions, 147 yards as Kirk Cousins threw a touchdown. Did have an interception. Andy Dalton hung in there well, I felt like, for the Saints. Two for 236 yards, 20-28 in a touchdown. No turnovers. Latavius Murray had a touchdown, but it came down to Greg Joseph, 40-yard, 47-yard field goal at the end, and it was good. 28-25, Vikings moved to 3-1. and one. Saints fall to 1-3. and three. In the, well, I thought we were going to come back from behind and beat the Chargers. That would have been the best result of the day. In its place was the Atlanta Falcons beating the Cleveland Browns. Yes, Young Way Koo, 45-yard field goal with just over two minutes left. Gave the Atlanta Falcons a 23-20 win. Tyler Algier, the rookie from BYU, 84 yards on the ground. Marcus Mariota completed only seven passes. Nick Chubb ran for over 100. You look at those numbers, you just think, what the heck happened? How did the Browns lose that game? Well, I don't care how they lost. 23-20. Falcons go to 2-2. Two two. Browns fall to 2-2. Two two. Cowboys took on the Commanders. I actually watched this game uh, on fast forward today. 
and the Cowboys just finished the game in the second half. They just took over. Cooper Rush does it again. 223 yards, 15 to 27, not a great percentage, but didn't turn the ball over. Got the ball to the right guy, and the right guy was C.D. Lamb. Tied, or not tied, but 15 10. Cooper Rush threw to C.D. Lamb for 30 yards that game, a 22 10 lead. Brett Maher tacked on a three pointer with about four minutes left. Cowboys win, go 3 1. Commanders fall to 1 and 3. In the game of the day, at least scoring wise, the Seahawks. Beat the Detroit Lions 48-45. Geno Smith, 320 yards passing, two touchdowns. Jared Goff threw four tutties. Rashad Penny. Rashad Penny went for 151 yards and two tutties. DK Metcalf, seven catches, 149 yards. TJ Hawkinson had 179 yards receiving and two touchdowns. Jamal Williams went for 108 and two touchdowns on the ground for the Lions, but it did not matter as the Seahawks get the incredible 48-45 win. Titans and the Colts. Derrick Henry, 114 rushing yards, and that was all they needed. Colts piled up some yards through the air. It didn't matter. 24-17 as the Titans do not score in the second half, but hold on, 24-17. Titans atop the division with the Jags at 2-2. Two two. Colts fall to 1-2-1. One, one. Giants took on the Bears. Giants had to go to their third quarterback, which was a Wildcat situation with Saquon Barkley, but it didn't matter. Graham Gano hit all kinds of field goals, and Daniel Jones had two touchdown runs as the Giants, the G-Men, moved the three and one. Bears fall to two and two in a 20-12 win for New York in New Jersey. Eagles took on the Jags. The Jags turned it over and over and over and over and over, and the Eagles came back from a 14-0 deficit to win 29-21. Jalen Hurts, 204 yards passing. Miles Sanders was the story. He ran for 134 yards and two tutties against the Jaguars. Eagles stay undefeated. 4-0. Jags fall to 2-2. Two two. The Jets held on against the Steelers. Well, I shouldn't even say they held on. They came back from behind. What am I saying? It was the Steelers that would have held on, but the Steelers didn't. The Jets came back and won that thing. Brees Hall's touchdown run with 16 seconds left. Salted away a win for the Jets. Zach Wilson returned. Did throw two interceptions, but he caught a touchdown to give the Jets a win. Bills beat the Ravens 23-20. Controversial in the fact that John Harbaugh went for a touchdown instead of kicking a field goal. Cardinals got all over the Panthers and Baker Mayfield 26-16. J.J. Watt did play in that game and tipped the pass that was intercepted. That was big in that game. The Packers somehow came back from behind to beat the Patriots 27-24. The Raiders beat the Broncos. 32-23, Javante Williams out for the year with a torn ACL. And the Chiefs beat the Buccaneers because Patrick Mahomes is a certified bad A. And you know what I'm talking about. All right, that's going to do it for the show tonight. We'll see you all tomorrow, everybody. And as always, go Texans.